Yeah, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Our today's entrepreneur is publicly claimed to be a marketing hater, which is great given that I'm a marketer. He's a British entrepreneur, piano player, international racing driver, an incredibly engaging business coach, and I know he's a future shag dancing champion. After scaling and exiting his last company, MoneyDesk, for more than $10 million, he now supports coaches, trainers, therapists, and consultants who are serious about growing their practice, all while enjoying a life of effortless abundance, especially the ones who hate marketing like him. Yeah, this is going to be fun. His last appearance on the show was more than two years ago, so let's welcome and find out the latest news from the journey of Johnny Cooper, Shagger Supreme. So let's jump right into the conversation. It's been almost two and a half years since you've been on, Johnny. What's new? Hey, lots is new. Great to be back. And uh, yeah, I, I, surviving 2020, I guess, is uh, feels like quite an achievement. Uh, but we've done that quite well. The, the business has been growing for the last couple of years. You know what? There was so much demand for coaching and training and therapy so my work directly is more in demand uh, as is the work of all my clients it seems you know the world needs to heal more people are in transition out of employment into self-employment so you know all the stuff that i train my clients to get good at is just more and more in demand it seems like we've got a bit of an exponential business going on here awesome so is the business johnny hates marketing or is that what you you know you use as your sort of brand positioning because I love the name. <laughs> yeah, but both I think people people know me as that now. Um, I've written my book, which uh, became a number one best selling book, also called Johnny Hates Marketing. Uh, I'm happy for people to find me through that niche. You know, I mean, I, the, the niching journey is really at the heart of. Uh, the success that I'm enjoying now and will continue to because a deep understanding of who my ideal client is, um, namely coaches, life coaches, business coaches, therapists, consultants, um, coupled with my deep understanding of their biggest challenge, which is getting enough clients to make a living. Um, those two things together are encapsulated in the idea of me hating marketing because they all hate marketing too, you know. Uh, I, I met a therapist who says, great, another day of marketing. <laughs> um, or a coach for that matter. They just want a coach and therapists want to want to therapize or whatever it is. So you know, getting clients to their door, preferably beating a path to their door, is, is their holy grail. You know, it's what they want more than anything at all. So me helping them with that um, re- really resonates and... Um, my community on Facebook, the John S. Marketing Facebook group, is uh, growing exponentially now. More and more people are getting enthralled and engaged by it, I'm pleased to say. 
And uh, my, my program has been a monthly sellout since I launched it in March 2018. I, I run a program called the Client Attraction Blueprint. And we take four people on it in a small group. Um, we've launched that every single month since March 2018, uh, sold out. But May this year, demand seemed to spike. So we, we launched two in parallel. And ever since May this year, we've launched two simultaneous CAB, as we call it, the Client Attraction Blueprint intakes. So it, it seems like you know d- demand is is growing to, to to say the least for for this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I had been perusing around some of the reviews and stuff, and the you know people who are taking your twelve week it's a twelve week program, correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, no, they I, really a lot of very positive responses, and just how they were helping. You know, how you were able to help them as you said, lock down on their, you know, the persona that they need to focus on and the niche that they're reaching out to. That was mentioned again and again. I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Now, listen, I know you're American and all that, AJ, but can I just take you to task? The word is niche. Niche is a French word. <laughs> you may the take niche. the task. I'm an American. So, right. massacre so not, none, of this, none of this niching nonsense. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're just we share a language that we I'm, not, I'm only joking, mate. I'm no, only no. Joking. And it is fun because I worked in London years ago, and I had more confusion over things that we had agreed to than. Other countries where none of us spoke the same language. So, yes, it's a well, really you're, fun. You're right. I mean, I, I think I think at the uh, at the apex of that uh, awful confusion is probably um, if if you're working with a colleague in an office in London and he tells you he's going outside for a fag. <laughs> Actually, I can top that. That that's that's going to pretty much wind you up if you're. I American, can top so. that. In university, uh, my junior year, I had a British roommate. So I went to the airport to pick him up, and I knew that there was a f- slang word, shag, that you guys really oh, yeah. use a lot. In South Carolina, yeah. where I went to university because I ran fast and caught footballs, shag is a dance. It's like the twist. Okay. So I drove him deliberately by the Coliseum, and there was a big sign, statewide shagging contest. <laughs> he was like, oh my god, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta my go. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. If it, if it was an Olympic sport, I'd have a gold medal, should we say. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna go solo, but couples. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. And then then you get mixed doubles. <laughs> group. You can't be the group. Yeah. <laughs> That's outrageous. All right. It's just so ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's obvious that it would make it, the Olympics a lot more interesting. <laughs> well, it would give you a wider audience, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, Shag, fag. Those some good ones. Mm. Fanny. Fanny, yeah. I always thought that was a woman's name. Mm. Well, fa- fa- Fanny is a, is a rear bottom in America, but it's a front bottom in, in-, in England, isn't it? Are, are you not even aware of that? <laughs> front and rear bottom. Yeah, I've never heard front of bottom that. as against a back bottom. <laughs> Logically, I'm How just on earth? I just never heard it described that way. <laughs> How on earth has this has this business podcast descended to this level? <laughs> so it was all my it was all my fault, wasn't it? it was all I, my mean, fault. I think I jumped in I right think, away. 
the the real problem here is that I've been stuck in marketing for five years. AJ is exclusively a marketer, and you happen to hate marketing. So we're just trying to avoid the uncomfortable discussions. <laughs> well, you're succeeding very well. I'm, I'm extremely comfortable in the uh, uh, talking at the level I am now. Is absolutely yes. fine. So, you know, since you use the persona, and I'm going to call it that, Johnny hates marketing. When did that come about? It, it was entirely by accident. Actually, this is a great story that I never get tired of telling. There's a a pal of mine is a Canadian podcaster called Scott Doucette, and he runs a business called Podcast Bay, mm-hmm. um, you know, advising people how to build podcasts and market them. But I was on a, a show with him in late 2017, and I'd put this idea for my business uh, together already then, and I was taking a few clients on. But I, <laughs> I called it the success party because I thought it was a really good yeah, idea. Yeah, I, I polled like a like a hundred names around my community, and and they all voted most for this uh, the successparty.com, You see, I thought great, and I called my uh, my program the Success Project. Like I say, I thought that was a great idea. Nobody else agreed with me <laughs> in the end. So I was looking to rebrand it anyway, thinking, what should I do? And we were just talking about marketing ideas, and Scott said to me, "Now, what's the shittiest marketing approach you've had?" Uh, recently, I, I told him about this uh, American high-ticket closer who'd come on the line with me. I'd agreed to this kind of, you know, forty-five-minute pitch fest. It was as much to reverse engineer what they were doing and yeah. try and steal it from my business, you know. Um, but this this guy pitched this ridiculous thing without listening to a word I was saying. Ten thousand dollar program, just what you need. Blah blah blah. Closing at midnight tonight, you know, all that kind of thing. Oh, and I had paying that for it. So it immediately dropped me to $6,000 from $10,000. I thought, holy shit, what if I'd agreed to $10,000? I'd just have wasted $4,000. So it just made me feel even worse about this guy. (laughs) Yeah, I wasted all of it, yeah. Um, (laughs) So it made me feel even worse. So I was talking to Scott about this, and he said, yeah, that's endemic in our business. He said, so is it true to say you don't really like marketing? And I said, no, well, not that kind of marketing. And he said, spoiler alert, Johnny hates marketing. I just went, say that again. Wow. And while we were on the podcast, I was on GoDaddy looking for johnnyhatesmarketing.com, <laughs> which I registered within minutes. And uh, within days, my whole thing was rebranded. And the first, I remember, I was, remember the first half a dozen people I invited into the group, they all went, great name, great name. I hate marketing too. We can be friends, you know, this kind of thing. So, you know, they, these things just happen when they're meant to, don't they, really? I, I couldn't have made that up. I couldn't have made it up, but it was just a, a serendipitous moment, really. Yeah. I've been in that situation, and I'm a marketer, where you're just like, oh, what are you doing? This is the wrong way. You could have had me if you had actually <laughs> talked to me, not talked to Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I like that. So do you try and incorporate that, you know, your hate of marketing into it? Or is it just more of like the overall, like, do you talk about hate? Yeah, I mean, it's fads? I, I, guess the, I guess the vibe is this. Look, Johnny hates marketing, so he's found an easier way mm-hmm. to bring ideal clients into the community. And now you can do that, too. 
so that even if you hate marketing, follow this process and it works, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a, it's a compelling proposition, I think, it seems to be anyway. Nice. I like that because, yeah, I, as a marketer, growth person, I'm always like, look, you do the foundation first. You figure out what you're trying to do. You set the, you know, oh, yeah. once you have that foundation, then you can go learn what's going to work by repeating and doing. It's not, let's create a YouTube video. It's like that stuff couldn't happen. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Well, th- th- this is exactly what it, what it speaks to AJ, you know, and, you know, people who think marketing is building a website, you know, starting a YouTube channel, filming some videos, you know, building a program. Kind of, yeah, but, you know, there's this whole piece that before marketing, if that's what marketing is, you know, you need a clear picture of what it is you actually do. And what fascinates me so much about the coaching and, and therapist community is that they're, they're, they're singularly unclear on what it is they actually do. Yes. You know, I, I mean, I have, people, I have people saying to me when I say, what do you do? They'll go, well, I help people find their symphony. That's one that I had recently. And that's just utter garbage, isn't it? I mean, nobody wakes up. Nobody wakes up in. Yeah. Nobody wakes up in the morning going like, "Where's my symphony? I need someone to help me find my symphony." It was here last night. You know, I've lost it. <laughs> and and, and a, a woman the other day said to me with a straight face, "I will help you find your spirit animal." And she's a therapist. You know, it's a bear. I'm going. Well, what? what? Yeah, it's it's. Is it you a bear? Are you I don't know. Michael? Yes, you are. I, I, mine. Do you know what I want mine to be? I want mine to be a, a Thompson's gazelle. A Thompson. I think I'll be a real. I can get you that. That'd be a really cool animal to be. Only. Can you? I, I can get you a Thompson's gazelle spirit animal for only thirty-five thousand a month. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or a nine-nine-nine if you sign up today. Yeah, look, you know, so uh, this before marketing piece, what what, what this talks about to me is, you know, the foundational stuff, what you actually do. Being able to look someone in the eye at a networking meeting when they say, what do you do, Johnny? I say, well, look, I I help coaches and therapists to find more of their ideal clients more easily without paid advertising. Bingo, you know. I'm not saying it. I've done that in a second. It's taken years to hone, but that's what I do. And they're really And. You know, and, and, and who do you do it for is incorporated in that too. That's the second pillar, isn't it? Who do you work with? If you try and appeal to everyone, you'll appeal to no one, obviously. You know, no product or service in the history of mankind has ever had universal appeal. Um, at the very best, half the world's going to hate you and half the world's going to love you. Um, but, but those numbers are, no, are never uh, never literally that. It's probably 0.01% that's going to love what you do and all the rest hate you, which is fine, isn't it? Absolutely fine. So the who you do is the other pillar. Now, to me, that's got nothing to do with marketing. You haven't started marketing at that point, have you? Um, the, the third pillar then is your offer, you know, how you deliver what you, what you deliver. What does the offer look like? And again, you haven't started marketing at that point. You've just laid down the foundations of a, of a business. So, so many people, and coaches, therapists particularly, start marketing when they've got none of those things in place. Or they try, you know. Just, <laughs> it's, it's a very common sentiment. People say, you know, oh, you know, just another couple of weeks till I've finished my website and then it'll all be fine. 
Then, then, you know, then. Just sit back and, and the floodgates are open once my website's live, you know. I think that's why I have so much work still to do because the community as a whole um, starts from that point, really, when they've got no concept of what it actually takes to become a personal brand. And, you know, and it's funny you bring up personal brands. I've seen, you know, as being in the space the value of personal brands has always been around. You can point back, you know, 30 years to people who were known. But in the past five years, definitely the past three years and accelerating, I believe, the value of a recognizable personal brand is skyrocketing. And if, you know, as you help yeah. people do that, you that's pretty darn cool right now. No, it, it is very much, Shine. You know, here's the thing with with personal branding is that you have a personal brand. Everyone has a personal brand. The question is, are you managing it? And and how well are you managing it? So whether you manage it or not, you have a personal brand. Everybody with a social media account has a personal brand because all your brand is ultimately is how people feel when they come across you. What does that make them feel? And if they feel, well, this I've no idea what this person does and or that this person looks a mess, you know, and or their personal profile is full of cat pictures, therefore they're an idiot. That's your, yeah, that's your, (laughs) or a Thompson's gazelle picture, I don't know. Um, all, all All these things are part of your personal brand and, you know, the ultimate effect of your personal brand is how someone feels when they come across you for the first time. So, you know, if you don't manage that, then then you're dead in the water, aren't you? I want to kind of come back to that the concept of branding. But first, what's a trend that you're seeing right now that's either important to you or, you know, since I think you're really guiding your client, you know, your members, you're, you know, you're guiding them. So what's a trend that you're kind of excited about right now? I think it's got to be the um, the enforced move away from face-to-face coaching and therapy, specifically in my sector, um, you know, hands-on work, if you like, uh, to working online. And whereas this has always been a, a desirable way to, to build a business, a sensible way to build a coaching or therapy business, for, for many it's now become mandatory, hasn't it? And those who have no ability and wherewithal to uh, meet clients online uh, are the ones whose businesses have closed down pretty much. So, uh, you know, wh- whatever you do as a therapist, I would suggest that there's a, a, a digital version of that, there's an online version of that. Certainly coaching, you don't need to be in the same room to coach anybody on, on anything. Um, so, we, we, you know, we're getting an influx in, into our community now of... At one end, you know, business coaches whose models always been predicated on visiting businesses in their premises, you know, in their offices or in their factories, and now unable to do so. Um, at the other end, therapists, you know, touch therapists, even people like chiropractors, you know. If you look at the heart of chiropractic, it's all in the mind anyway. You know, most of what can be cured through chiropractic hands-on touch can, can be cured with NLP techniques and hypnotherapy and stuff like that, and some of the, some of the more advanced versions of that. So, guiding guiding people into how to 
transition their businesses online, I think, is, is the, the big shift that I'm seeing right now. It's funny that you say chiropractors. It was either the Guardian, New York Times, or you know, one of that kind of cloud. They just had a piece about a chiropractor who switched to creating an online community and the group listens to each other's sounds as they do think to listen to see if they're in alignment or not. And yeah. that he's created this group of chiropractors. So yeah, I, I agree. As someone who's been virtual for a while, it I've been like, so what? But I do think people are being forced to look and think differently um, yeah. with this type of situation. Yeah, someone asked me about lockdown the other day. I said, well, I've been socially isolated for 15 years. You know, I, just, <laughs> I never leave this room except to, uh, to, to eat, and, eat and drink and sleep. You know. If you had to start over from scratch, what would you do to get beyond, to create a beyond eight figures business in this day and age? So you know everything, but nobody knows you. You get no money, no relationships, none of that good. We're stuff. creating the rules of this <laughs> this question. We keep going back, Michael and I. So we're creating the rules. <laughs> so I, I presumably I've been living in the forest for the last fifteen years, living living off the yeah. land. You leave the forest. Somehow yeah. you know about the internet, and you've yeah. got. We'll give you a hermit cottage and a, a laptop. Great. So I've, I've realized that I can't spend any more of my life skinning squirrels uh, for, for food and sustenance. <laughs> okay, I, I like this scenario. It's very, very interesting. Well, what, knowing what I know now, assuming that I've developed this, this, this knowledge mysteriously, I, I, I have to say I do exactly what I'm doing. And I, I tell you how I know this, because I, I, I regularly undertake a process of uh, self discovery uh, called the ikigai it's a japanese business tool and uh, ikigai is japanese for reason for living or life purpose and i do this with my clients each time we do a new intake of the CEB program the first module is we run the ikigai with with all four of them and, and this little community uh that we create and um I, I I do it myself once a year. Um, I'll be doing it shortly for Christmas. What the what the Ikigai does, it leads you to what you should be doing. Uh, of all the things that you could do, of all the things that you love to do, uh, all the things the world needs that you could provide them, and all the things you can get paid for, the, the holy alliance of those four, the overlap, if you like, of those four lists, forms what what's called the your Ikigai. And um, Mikey guy tells me that I'm right here, not just in my zone of genius, if I could modestly call it that, but in in in, in my playground. You know, it just feels like this is my tribe. These are my people. Uh, these are the people I can help. So, the quick answer to your question is: I would uh, start again doing what I'm doing. Um, God forbid that I got booted off Facebook. Uh, I, I would literally have to do that, um, and I would. I can't think of any easier, more rewarding or quicker way to, to get up and running and get, get in business than, than doing this. I'd be, I'd be helping coaches and therapists with their positioning and branding and promotions. No, I like that because once again, I think that goes back to you know, understanding who and what you're servicing. So getting back to that. For me, I always talk about I'm attached to – the 
other entrepreneur, you know, journeymen and entrepreneurs in this journey. So for me, I always like finding businesses that service their journey, you know, the life cycle of the entrepreneur. So I like that, that you would come back to your core because that's what resonates and then bring your skill sets to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the thing about a deep understanding of an ICA, an ideal client avatar, as we call it, is uh, that it just makes everything so much easier because, uh, you know, you, you, you can be speaking to one person every time you show up and produce a bit of content. You know, you've got it with that ideal client in mind. You know they're consuming it. You know, you're meeting them on their level, talking to them about what's bugging them right now. Um, and it makes content creation more simple. It makes building a tribe more simple because you can spot people who look like your ideal client, invite them in, boot out everybody who isn't an ideal client because you don't want them muddy in the waters in your tribe either. Uh, so that, that absolute clarity is, I think, what, what drives a business like ours forward these days. Very cool. No, I like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing the Ikigai. I now have a tab open, and this will probably be a long, yeah. lengthy discovery process. Have a, have a play with it. It's really good fun. There's a couple of good books been written about it as well. If you just uh, go Ikigai on Amazon, you can uh, download a book that will help you to, uh, to work it effectively as well. Or you could just join our just join our program. We'll walk you through. <laughs> well, could you walk me through sort of the rest of the program? Because it seems like you're starting from a point where before where most people start. Very much so. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you've spotted that, Michael. Um, I, I believe that um, coaches and therapists dive into marketing too quickly. Um, they start building stuff too quickly. Um, where we need to start from is a deep understanding of what resonates with you. You know, um, you're not going to be able to sustain the level of commitment and consistency that's necessary unless you're doing something that really lights your fire. You know, that really floats your boat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you know, you've got to get up every morning grateful that you've got a chance to do this wonderful work for these wonderful people, and that's what the icky guy gets gets you into you know it points you in the direction of uh your values your mission if you like your vocation what you really should be doing um we too then we get straight into the client avatar you know once you've worked out what it is you do kind of thing and who you are um, the next obvious question is well who would benefit the most from that stuff that you do um even better question who are the wealthiest kind of people who benefit from what you do because if you're um, if you're fishing in a stagnant pond you know, however good you are at it, you're not, you're not going to get into live fish. So, you know, let's think about where, where the money is, you know, follow the money, building a business. Um, third week, we, we get into conversation um, with your ideal client. So we get you to draft out what we call push and pull motivators. These are the things that your client's trying to get away from and, the, and respectively the things that they feel drawn towards. And then we build a program. You know, we spend a couple of weeks, week four and five, building your signature program for you and with you. Because when you know who your ideal client is and you know what they want, the program is just the bridge, isn't it, between where they are today and where they want to get to. So like four or five, that's where I think of programs starting in this kind normally. So yeah, essentially all that work you're doing in the first section is setting them up for success in the second 
whereas a lot of programs don't start with that sort of strategic component, move straight into execution and jump jump through a, a very important step. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think so too. And the other thing about that first stage of, of grounding, if you like, is that a lot, lot of your, your mindset fears can, can fall away. You know, if, if you start a program, um, getting people building a product, they're going to be scared to death, you know. And um, one thing I've noticed in the coaching and therapy community is it's populated with very generous, kind, heart-centered individuals um, who are scared to ask for an order, for example, you know, scared to ask for money, scared to get paid. All these fears around the business side of, of their life is... Uh, is what's going to hold them back and stop them completely, you know. So getting it out of the way first, grounding them, saying, look, guys, you know, with this in place, it's going to be easy to sell your program. And they go, okay, let's do this. So once we built the program, the second half of the CAB is all about the, the sales and marketing strategies that make sense in today's world. So building a Facebook group, so you've got a community of people who all look like your ideal client. Um, getting your LinkedIn jobs together so you can leverage the power of the search on LinkedIn, which is you know really in-depth and very, very cool. Um, but we, we, we leave everyone with an end-to-end blueprint for their own personal business. So we're, we're very keen to talk about the concept of an organic funnel. Uh, the organic funnel is where you pile all your ideal clients in the top and then you nurture relationships with them. And the Facebook group to me these days feels like a, a greenhouse, you know, where you nurture relationships and you, you water the seedlings so that they grow and they grow and they grow. And when your group gets to a certain point, there'll be people popping out every day in comments to your posts, showing themselves as your next ideal client. And you can just tap them on the shoulder. Then the final stage of the organic funnel is saying, hey, Jack, you know, let's jump on a quick call. I think I might be able to help you. You know, let's see if I can share some insights and see see what happens. And uh, thereby the sales of your high-ticket program are made from there, you see. So it's a, it's a very organic process and very intuitive once you get into it. And importantly, it doesn't scare the crap out of an, an average coach or therapist who is terrified at the prospect of having to market themselves. And so what's really interesting to me there is that if if I recall correctly, you had four and now you take on eight at a time. And so, and you've got, I think I saw about 5,000 in your group. So when you're talking about just picking out a few ideal clients, it really is a very small number each time. And so that lets you really keep it narrow in a way that I think you couldn't do if you were going for 100 or 200 clients every month. That, that's a really good point, Michael. I, I hadn't considered it in that, in that framework, but yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is what we say to, to people who are just starting out, you know, don't be, don't be overawed by a group of 5,000. I mean, you know, we're, we're, only, we're only a couple of years ahead of you. That's all that number means. Um, but when you start out, if you get 50 people in a group and they're all your ideal clients, you can have worthwhile conversations with half a dozen of them on, on a monthly basis. You know, imagine you, you were standing on a stage in a room with 50 people in there who are all your ideal clients. You, you, you'd do a presentation to them and you'd expect to make some sales from that, wouldn't you? So you don't need hundreds and thousands of people in a group to make it work as so long as they're 
they're paying attention, you know, and you, you, earn, you earn their attention by at the same time being educational and, uh, and entertaining, don't you? Awesome. And I think that's sort of the core of the personal branding that for you, I found this educational and entertaining today. I was definitely quieter than normal because I was listening so much. Um, <laughs> Probably I was talking too much. That's what it was. Never. Yeah, I think we discovered poor Michael with in the shag contest. But, uh, <laughs> I, I cannot believe that any public building has a sign that says shagging contest here today. I, I really want to see that. If you can, uh, if you can see share any, any, any. It's still the state dance. Yeah, let's see if we find a picture. Yeah, I mean, shag means completely different things in the U.S. than it does in the U.K. Uh, how funny. But no, I thank you. I really do. And f- definitely for my own efforts, what I really like from this is I have a real tendency of I geek out on the techniques and the concepts, the foundational issues. So I tend to roll very quickly into building things out and I do like your focus on the who and what. Michael's been banging on me, and I see it all the time. But it is nice to hear someone who has done it repeatedly to just be like, okay, you're right. You know, it's not magic. <laughs> it's not, you know, sorry if I'm pulling the curtain away from, you know, your efforts. But I do get so frustrated with, like, you have to. This is the most unique. And it's like, okay, it's not mm. but it is nice when you hear it again and you hear how people use it. That, 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 that's such yeah. a good point, AJ. I mean, it, it really, it really isn't, isn't magic. And I haven't invented any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just out there. You're just good um, at getting people to understand the importance of it. Uh, that's. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm learning all, all the time. Um, I think if I was making, all the right noises, this had all, already be a multiple seven-figure business. And, uh, you know, it, within a couple of years, it, it will be, I'm certain. Very cool. Well, no, we can't wait to have you back on the show when you get this beyond eight figures. <laughs> and well, well, I've, I've done again, it. But no, I love I, I, I've, done it, I've done it before, as you guys yeah. probably know. My, my financial consultancy, we did 102 Sterling, so that's a that's a good fourteen million dollars, I guess, or something in uh, in in your money, uh, and we sold that in two thousand three. So. Yeah, we're both falling right now against the euro. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Thank you, thank, thank you. you very much, Johnny. You are welcome. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. To connect with Johnny and find out more information about his book and coaching program you can check the show notes down below. If you want to connect with B8F and with me, AJ, you can also find the links in the show notes on our site, while you can also subscribe to the Beyond 8 Figures newsletter to get all the great details of our future guests and of our show. Everyone, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I can't wait to be talking to you again. See ya. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.